Alright, so, have you ever been disappointed? You have? Yes. You ever been disappointed by a gift? Yes. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> One time I got a quilt and it was very flowery and I was like, this is not for me, but it says my name on it. <laughs> you ever been disappointed by a friend? You ever been disappointed by, you thought, you, uh, disappointed by someone that made a promise and they didn't keep it? Yeah, okay. Well, tonight we finish Mark, we finish the book of Mark. And we left off in Mark 15 with Jesus dying on the cross. And he was buried. And the disciples, we don't, you don't really see it, but you kind of understand that they're disappointed because they thought Jesus was their Messiah, their Savior. But how can a Savior be a Savior if He's dead? But tonight we get to see why Jesus is King. We get to see the, man, the, the baby who was born in a manger, who grew up to be a man, that cru who was crucified on a cross and died, who is now the resurrected and living king of the whole universe. So don't lose awe of that. So we're going to read Mark 16, 1 through 8. Just listen along. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, thought, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw the stone that had been rolled back, and it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. Therefore you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment has seized them. And they said nothing to anyone for they were very afraid. Now, as you read, look at that passages, you don't have to just memorize what I, or just remember what I said. It said they went out on the Sabbath, which is a Sunday, which is the first day of the week, because the Sabbath is a Saturday in Jewish context. And also, these women had no idea there was a resurrection coming. They're in there to make the, the body smell better, give spices. But it also says this. This is a really cool thing about it. It says, They went early when the sun rose. And the last time we hear about light was before Jesus was on the cross. Because when Jesus was on the cross, the world turned dark. That's the last thing we hear of Jesus is he, the world had turned dark. There was no day, there's no light. It was all dark. And now we have a sunrise. Mark is signaling a, the dawning of a new humanity. This weekend, this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 
changes the whole universe. It changes all creation. There's a movie called The Dark Knight. It's about Batman and Joker and Two-Face. And it actually made a quote very famous. It says, The night is darkest before the dawn. That Friday and Saturday was the darkest is that humanity's ever experienced because the Savior of the world was dead. But the dawn has come. That new dawn has come because Jesus has resurrected. Now it talks about a tomb. People were often buried in tombs, and tombs back then were basically caves. And they were covered by a stone, which would be about the size of a boulder. That was kind of carved. It would be, be really hard to move by oneself. It would take many men. And these women don't think the stone will be rolled away because it talks about in verses 4 and 5 that they don't know how they're going to roll the stone away. And the reason they don't know why, listen to this. The disciples, the 12 men who followed Jesus were scared to death and they were hiding. So the women were bold enough to go to see the body. Women, be bold like these women. Men, do not be scared like these disciples. Instead, trust in the Holy Spirit, trust in God. Now, when they walk to the tomb, when they walk, they see the stone is rolled away and they are alarmed. Especially when they walk into the tomb. And they see an angel. Now, listen to this. So there's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew and Mark says there's one angel. Luke and John says there's two angels. Now, you might be thinking, well, that's contradictory. That means you can't trust the Gospels. Well, that's, that's not actually what it means. Mark and Matthew say there's ne never says there's only one angel. It just says one angel. And we can rectify this. We can make this right by saying, okay, there's two angels, but only one spoke. And the, the Mark and Matthew are emphasizing the one that spoke. And here's the thing about it. Anybody know what an angel, what angel means? You want to take a wild guess? Angel simply means messenger of God. And the messenger of God, we see in verses 6 through 8, has a message for these women. And he actually has the message for all of us. Remember, this is going to be a short lesson tonight. First, the angel says, don't be afraid. It says, Jesus, the one you're looking for, and the one that was crucified is not here, for he has risen. Listen to this. That was the first time the gospel was proclaimed. It was at the empty tomb. The gospel is not just Jesus died on a cross. The gospel is that Jesus was crucified and buried and was risen from the grave on the third day. And you might be asking, well, if he, was if he died on a Friday, how is it three days? So you've got to understand, they count Friday as one of the days. Saturday is the second day. Saturday, uh, Sunday is the third day. He was risen on the third day according to Scripture. According to the Old Testament... Jesus was risen. He was foretold this would happen. 
And he goes and, and they tell, the angels tell the women, go and tell the disciples and Peter. Does anybody know what Peter was known for before Jesus was put on the cross? Now, if you remember the Easter story, or if you never heard of it, listen to this. Jesus told Peter that Peter would deny Jesus three times before the rooster crowed while he was on trial. Now, think about this. Put this in context. Put it in your context. Say you have a friend that says, I have your back. And then when you're in your time, your need, time in need, your friend runs away from you and leaves you all to yourself. How would you, be, how would you feel? Terrible. Anybody feel betrayed? Well, that's what Peter did to Jesus. He betrayed Jesus in his ultimate time in need. But the reason Mark points out Peter is to show that Peter was forgiven by Jesus. So they were told to go and tell the disciples. And it says in verse 8 that they left trembling and they told no one of what they saw because they, they were full with fear. Now here's something you may not know. There's, there's, two different, there's different beliefs when the gospel of Mark ends. Some believe that Mark ends after verse 8. Now as you read your Bibles, it, re it goes on to verse 20. The reason some people believe Mark ends at verse 8 because that was, those verses were the, were the last ones they found in the original manuscripts. And our oldest manuscripts we have, verses 9 through 20 don't exist. And I think Mark ended on verse 8 as well. Which means the ending means that no, no one that one no one can proclaim the glorious, the glories of resurrection without neglecting the suffering of the cross. And it's really cool that that the last thing we hear from Jesus, if the ending is in verse 8, is that it is done. Why have you forsaken me? And also a Roman centurion becomes a believer. The other thing about the ending in verse 8 is that it shows that God will prevail despite human failure. Has anybody ever failed, made a mistake in their life? We do it all the time. And yet God's power is greater than our failures. Which means we can rejoice in that. And also it fits the ending more. In the beginning of Mark, it says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And it ends in verse 8, it basically says, Jesus has resurrected. Death has been defeated by this, and by this man we know is Jesus. What more can be said? If a man has defeated death, what more can we say about him? Now what does this mean for us for this Christmas. Listen to this closely. Without a resurrection, there can be no Christmas. There is no point to Christmas without the resurrection. There have been many babies born. 
And I guarantee you, there's probably been some born in a stable. There's definitely been many born on the side of the road. Definitely many born outside of a hospital. There, there were many men killed on crosses during the Roman Empire. Remember, there are two men beside them. But there was only one baby that was born in a stable that grew up to be a man to die on the cross. And that becomes a living, resurrected king. And that man is Jesus. Also, Paul tells in 1 Corinthians 15, if the resurrection didn't happen, there's no point to any of this. If the resurrection didn't happen, there is no point in Christianity. It is all a waste and there is no hope in this world. We are just beings existing on this life. But there is more to life than what's on this planet. And we find that in our Christ. What can we also take away from this? Listen to this. The gospel is an invitation to all. Now the women, listen to this guys. The women were the first ones to hear about the resurrection. They were the first ones to understand the gospel. Women back then were second class citizens. Basically women, you were property back then. But they were the first to hear it. Also, we think about Christmas. Anybody remember who was the first to be told about Jesus being born? The shepherds. The shepherds were the first ones to be, to be told by angels that the new Savior of the world was here. Here's the thing about it. They were considered second-class citizens. They were the poorest of the poor. And yet they heard the news first. And then a few years later, another group of men find Jesus. And that's the wise men. They were the rich, the well-educated. They were not Jewish. They were very much like us, non-Jewish. And for the most part, we are richer than most people in the rest of the world. And yet the gospel was for them as well. There's another thing that links, up, links this to Christmas. The shepherds, they were told not to be afraid. Do not fear because the Savior is born. They listened and obeyed the angel and visited Jesus. And then after they saw baby Jesus, they saw the marvelous thing. They saw the marvelous wonders of what the angels have told them. They went and told everyone around them because they were amazed about what they saw. The women were also told about, that were told about the resurrection to not be afraid because Jesus had risen. They were deeply afraid and they were deeply scared of what they saw. But here's the thing. We know that they told people because we are hearing the gospel now. So what does it mean for believers? If you're a believer, listen up. You may be afraid to come into God right now to ask for forgiveness and repentance of the sin that you might be struggling with. You can go to Him now. 
You don't have to be afraid. Come to Him now. Or maybe you have been afraid to share the gospel with those around you. The shepherds were afraid and they shared because they understood the awesomeness of God. The women in the, in the, at the tomb were afraid too. But they eventually shared it. So the question for you, if you are a believer and you're not sharing the gospel, are you going to allow the spirit of fear to control you from sharing the gospel? Are you going to trust the Spirit of God to empower you to bring the gospel to those who are around you who do not know Jesus? And if you are an unbeliever, if you have never acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord and the Savior of the world, you may be afraid right now because of what's going on in this world. You may be afraid right now because you understand you are in control of everything in your life. If you haven't learned anything from this COVID time is that you are not in control. And that may scare you. And you may be afraid because you realize that you are a sinner and you are in need of a Savior and you need to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. You can do that now. You can come to Him for forgiveness and you repent of your sins and acknowledge Him as your Lord and Savior. We have Christmas right now. We sing joy to the world because the Savior has come. He's not gone anywhere, even during this pandemic. He's still here. But He's here after conquering death and you can put your trust in Him. Remember that, my friends, during this Christmas season. And not just Christmas season, remember it every day. Remember the gospel every day that Jesus came and died for you and rose from the dead to show that He is the Lord and He is the Savior. So let us pray. Father, thank you for letting us come out here, Lord. The sea lights out here, but let us remember that you are the light of the world. A star shone to the wise men from far away when you arrived. Let us be lights to the world through your power. Those who are in darkness, I pray they come to your light. And then they can see that there is hope in you. Not in our own doing, but hope in you. Protect us, Lord. Prepare for the days to come. And embolden us with our faith. And please forgive us of our sins. And let your mercy and grace pour out on us with never ceasing, Lord. In your name, amen. All right, guys, we're going to go back where we came from. And get in line for donuts. Don't rush and make sure you put your